Welcome to the Otherworld's GG Community Cast. This is episode number 58. And uh, I am here with Mellified and Alien Pickle. How are you guys doing today? Hey, this is Mellified. I am doing wonderfully. We have a... Uh, not only do I have roosters to entertain everyone, but we have, I think it's eight chicks uh, last count that uh, our hens have hatched this season. So you may hear uh, lots of tiny little chirping, which would be the, uh, the, the chicks as well as the roosters. So you've been out there picking up chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, the, it's amazing to me that the, that chickens as a species survive because they really don't pay that much attention to their children. The, uh, the male chickens will run them over and knock them flying. And, uh, you know, the, the mom, we're pretty sure one of the hens smothered one of the chicks trying to hatch mm. out of the egg because she wouldn't get off of it. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, there's there's some there's some dark, dark uh, moments here with the uh, raising chickens. But um, how are your chickens doing, Alien Pickle? You got your uh, chicken update. Yeah. 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 They're uh, they're doing pretty good. So I got the run done last week. Thank God. And that was a monumental effort. Like. I I was shocked just how much effort it is to put like a steel frame and then wrap it in chicken wire. And yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Um, cause I just figured like, I'll go out and knock that out in an afternoon. <laughs> uh, no. You know, it's, it, it's funny. You guys were like talking about chickens a lot lately because, uh, I'm like noticing it more. Like I'm, the neighbors right behind us raised chickens and then there's like uh, a house um, uh, a couple hundred yards down the way that also has like their a big old chicken coop that they're raising. And th these aren't like farms. This is just like people yeah. like you guys like just to have a you know a half dozen or a dozen chickens. And if if you like eggs, it is. I mean, the, the eggs, the difference in quality the, of the store-bought eggs versus the ones that we get from our chickens is amazing to me. Um, ours, The yolks in our eggs are bright, bright, intense neon orange versus mm -hmm. the, like, pale yellow that you get mm -hmm. in a yeah. grocery store egg. Yeah, because um, you free-rangers, right? They run around yeah. and eat stuff out of the yard. Yeah, that's why. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they just... I mean, they, we obviously feed them as well, but... Um, you know, even if you don't go crazy with organic chicken feed and stuff and you just kind of feed them normal chicken food, like the it's relatively easy, relatively cheap, other than, you know, some of the initial setup and you get great eggs. Um, there's a farmer's co-op here in town that we donate our extra eggs to, um, but they sell them for six bucks a dozen as organic eggs. And wow. if we sold, chose to sell them, we would get five bucks a, a dozen and mm. they, they keep a dollar. Um, we just donate them because we, we like the farmers co-op. We want them to continue and we don't have any pressure then. Um, yeah. I was watching a dude on YouTube that does ducks and I don't advise getting ducks. There's ducks are just trouble. Um, but he gets them and then he has the, he sells the eggs basically fertilized and hmm. he's making bank just, he's got, I don't know, like 20, 30 ducks and he just is selling the eggs for like dollars a piece because wow. people want ducks. Right. So, yeah. So well, that's, thank you for that's turning into, business. 
Thank you for turning into the Other Worlds GG uh, farm report. It'll be, uh, yeah, so Farm Simulator, right? That's, that's well, that's the thing. Well, we, we had an episode not too long ago about esports, and we didn't even talk about the esports farming simulator scene, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, geez. But uh, opportunity there. Yeah, but let's get on into the news here with the stuff. So, Mellified, why don't you start us off here? Sure. So this one just uh, kind of came out of left field. Um, Ubisoft has the license for Uno, the famous traditional card game. And they've done a few themed decks for it as DLC, but they recently dropped a $5 DLC themed with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but they've actually added elements where you play cards on specific spots on the board. And so you like play a card on your long your Viking longship, and it moves around the board, and like somebody else can can get hit with it and stuff. I don't. To be fair, I haven't played it, so I don't know all the rules, all the nuances. But uh, I just was sort of fascinated that we have this kind of innovation coming out of uh, Ubisoft for Uno of all things. Uh, and you can play this, I think, on all the different platforms. Although I don't believe it's crossplay, so. If you're an Uno fan, maybe that's worth checking out. Gnarly. Um, well, Minecraft's getting some DLC. There's a new Sonic movie coming out, and so Minecraft's Sonic DLC gets a free update. It adds new zone, new skins, uh, and much more. Uh, looking at Better this, get it it's, fast. Yeah, gotta gotta go fast. Um, <laughs> it, it's very interesting that I feel like. You know, Fortnite is to Epic what Minecraft is to Microsoft, it feels like. Um, mm. You know, it just the, the add-on, the tie-in to an existing game as promotional stuff for third-party whatever. It's quite interesting. Um, well, I, I know, you know one of the things with Minecraft DLC that Microsoft did, there's an exclusive Mario DLC that you can only get on uh, the Switch, for example. And at least at one point, the Halo-themed uh, DLC for Minecraft was Xbox-exclusive. I think it's now available everywhere. Uh, so there are some interesting, you know, platform-specific things that they've done. The the Sonic DLC getting a free update like this is kind of cool, um, that they would go back. You know, I've, I've already given them my money for it, but they're giving me free stuff with it, which is kind of mm -hmm. neat. So. Well, I know that like recently with Among Us, um, Microsoft did a whole thing with Among Us where you can get like um, Spartan armor as like cosmetic stuff in what? Among Us, and uh, which is funny because I played a massive. There's a whole group of friends of uh, like we played a, a huge 15 person Among Us round a couple weeks ago, mm. and I happen to have it, and so I usually like to play as the red Among Us character, and my buddy also had it, but I didn't realize that he had it. And mm. but he he typically plays the blue Among Us character a lot, and we both ah. all we both spawned in as red versus blue Spartan, and nice. it just be, kind of became the meme of the night of like da 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 finish the fight, <laughs> you know, like ah. <laughs> uh, That's great. you know, so all all of the red versus blue like Sarge memes were coming out, and oh my gosh, it was so wait they put they put uh. Master Chief in Among Us? I'm confused. No, they put Spartan armor in Among Us. So like the right. you know, so your essentially you know, your hat and, and your body, so it makes you look like a Spartan essentially. Okay. And there's also that's basically what I said. 
that you can master chief it and spark and yeah i yeah i guess i mean if you want but like you know well you're not specifically like right. john 823 whatever his serial number is right 117 so, but yeah 117 <laughs> fuck you for even knowing <laughs> Welcome to the other world's PG, uh, the lore cast. For uh, well, was, you know, it's like I was well, talking to somebody the other day because they they were saying something of you know like lore stuff, and I was just like, well, yeah, you need to meet my buddy because he's he's like the lore guy for Star Trek, Star Wars, and Halo, and because they were talking about like, oh, I watched the Halo series and it ain't bad. And I'm I'm just like, well, you need to watch this with my friend because he he's like cringing so hard he can't stand it, you know, like watching it. He's like, well, yeah, like for lore guys, he's like, but it's no Star Wars. And I'm like, oh, oh, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. It's because like I can I could probably tell you like all the different serial numbers and, uh, um, you know, like from from the different Star Wars you know, like stuff. It's like TK four two one is this you know stormtrooper number for. The one that, like, you know... Han Solo? Or something like that, yeah. You know, yeah. and so, you know, landing platforms, and I, it's, it's you know, Princess Leia's cell block number, or whatever it was. It's just stupid crap like that that your brain retains for no freaking reason other than to, like, uh, be that one-upper at, like, uh, a pub trivia night, you know? So, but anyway. But there you go. Yeah. DLCs and add-ons for other games. Lots of fun. Um, Moving right along... Um, I do want to touch base on this one real quick because I know that recently we played it, but Ubisoft is ending Ghost Recon Breakpoint updates. Um, yes, yeah, they're can't, done. Can't say that I'm surprised. Um, they gave it a good run. I mean, it's been out for a few years, so so there's um, tons of content. Yeah, there's you tons know, of content. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, have fun. Good for them. Good for them. Um, what else we got here? Let's see. So, um, Hypnospace Outlaw is a game that's been out for a few years. It takes you back to the 1990s uh, internet and imagines a world where you are an enforcer for uh, copyright and other things on this this 1990s uh, fake internet. Um. It's a nostalgia trip for those of us who remember uh, that era of the internet, but uh, they're doing a sequel, uh, a spiritual successor, we should say, uh, not a direct sequel. But it, this new installment takes place in the the aughts, uh, the 2000s era of the internet. And so you're getting into social media and you're starting to see uh, a little more activity online. So certainly looks to be a lot of fun. There's a ton of humor and inside jokes in these games. So if that's up your alley, uh, definitely keep an out. I'll look out for it. The yeah. I, the... I strangely enjoyed the Hypnospace outlaw game. Like there was just something, I mean, it, it really was a trip. Yeah. It could have so been the called my space, one... the game or not, yeah. or not my space geo cities. Yes. Yes. Geo yes. Cities it was game basically sure. geo cities. The game. It yeah. had the ring thing where you like went, around oh gosh yeah anyway dream settler is the new one um and they're also doing this weird spin-off called slayers x terminal aftermath vengeance of the slayer uh and a vengeance it's sorry vengeance not vengeance it's a, an intentional typo um so that's kind of a throwback to um the the shooter games from that era as well that they're um 
you know, they're doing like a retro boomer shooter as they're, they've come to be known, uh, game as well. So there are a couple, couple fun things coming from the hypnospace folks. Oh, uh, cool. Um, in, uh, Lego Star Wars news, uh, if you guys didn't know, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga is out. And, uh, I guess in some circles, Lego Star Wars is getting dubbed Lego may cry as players are continuing to discover brutal new combos, which is true. The combat system in this is, is vastly different than, uh, any of the other Lego Star Wars games, uh, I've ever played. And, uh. It's actually it's actually quite refreshing and very satisfying when you do some really cool combos um, on you know d- during boss fights and stuff like that. Like especially as a Jedi, some of the stuff that you can do is actually um, a lot of fun. So, so they should have put like Masters of Terrace Kasi in there as like a little <laughs> sub game. Would be like Lego Mortal Kombat. You know what? It, I, w- it's I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I was about to say if- it's really not. If you go in and look at some of the videos that are linked in the article that we're referencing from PC Gamer, um, I mean, you're you're juggling people, you're knocking them up in the air and, and doing combos midair and stuff against the, the Lego characters. And Jar Jar apparently is a particular favorite. Uh, they have a, the, the character has a dive move, so you can uh, continue the juggle longer. So, I mean, it's just, just kind of uh, nuts. They've, they've put, you know, this much into it. Jar Jar's um, poodoo dive kick. <laughs> oh my god! But yep. uh, a lot of this started because people would try to kill uh, child Anakin, mm-hmm. and it's a long tradition in really video games in general, but certainly in the Lego games that you can't hurt kids. You can't can't kill the children characters, and so he's immortal uh, in Lego Star Wars. So you can just keep hitting him and keep doing these ridiculous, crazy combos, and actually use it to exploit the geometry and the in the game world and stuff, because you can uh, be, be, you know, air hitting him and get across a gap that you're not supposed to be able to get across. I, I, I will, I will say it's actually kind of, and I hate to say, I hate to say this, but it's a video game. But when you go to the Jedi Temple, there's like younglings running around, and if you like kick him in the head, they <laughs> they go off like crying and making this like little kid noise. It's, it's <laughs> they're like the funniest thing, and I'm just like, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but this is actually really funny. And so you can just, you can just like you know run around and kick little younglings in the head and stuff like that. Anyway, there was a there was a story in real life a few years ago about a grandpa who got caught hitting kids in the back of the head in Walmart and run like walking away. <laughs> <laughs> they finally noticed and, and caught him on camera and arrested him. Uh, but yeah, he would just run around hitting hitting kids. There was a there's a there was a meme that I saw recently that was like Caden Christensen doing an interview. He was like, "Yeah, that scene where Anakin kills the younglings wasn't intended by uh, George Lucas. I just showed up to set that day and started wailing on those little fuckers. And he happened to be <laughs> recording. It was just like, oh my god." <laughs> Uh, that would be that would be delightful if true, but uh, oh my gosh, still a great joke. Um, so our our perennial favorite, No Man's Sky, is got received another update. Uh, in space, no one can hear you yar, uh, because it's a pirates update. You get to be an outlaw. You can uh, basically go steal stuff and sell it on the black market. You can smuggle contraband. Uh, there's a new class of ships. They also bumped the cap. You can now have, I think it's nine unique ships, uh, in your inventory. So they are just, you know, 
continuing to to go. Uh, oh, and you can also do ship to ship combat in Atmo now, so you can actually follow an enemy down into the atmosphere and keep fighting them. Yeah, I think that's new. I think well, I think that's actually been around for a little bit. Uh, they've they've had that one for. I don't know if that's new in this update per se. My okay, maybe maybe so. Oh, um, you know what? You know what? No, this is this is new. Sorry, I'm thinking of um, what is that? Stupid space game that will never be released. Um, Star, oh, Citizen. Oh, Star, Star Citizen. Citizen. Star Citizen added yeah. that stuff recently, so you can do like you can do bounties in atmosphere and do like atmospheric fights and stuff like that. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, so when when the new Go PC ahead. shows up, Star Citizen's going to be tested once again. Ah, nice. I've um, been watching a, a streamer that I've been hanging in his Discord, the helicopter guy. Um, and he's been playing a lot of Star Citizen when he's not flight simming. And it hmm. looks like it's better-ish. I was pleasantly surprised, um, given all the negative, you know, sentiment about the game. Um, it's actually, you know, there's a, there's a game there now, and you can play it, and it's enjoyable. So I give them give them credit for, you know, continue, continuing to plug away at it. Okay. Uh, that said, you, can, you do have to worry about pirates in the new No Man's Sky update actually raiding your settlements. So one of the previous updates allowed you to build little towns and become mayor of your own, you know, settlement. Um, and now you have to worry about pirates coming and taking your stuff. So uh, pretty crazy that, you know, 60 bucks that you spent, what, five years ago now, six years ago now is still, you know, paying dividends. That's great. Mm. Yeah. So the um, the whole No Man's Sky thing, right, was like. I don't know. They put out an update recently, right? But I have no idea what was actually in it. But they put, the, but they put the little uh, like be the mayor of the town thing in there. Oh yeah, that was like the last update, or, or maybe yeah. even two updates ago that they. But I don't. I don't think you get raided by pirates or anything. Well, that's but that's new in that's this. That's what we were just talking this about. Update. Oh, that's the that's that. I thought you were still talking Star Citizen. Sorry. No. Oh, okay. So. Witcher 3. Uh, Witcher 3, yeah. is We were supposed to get a next-gen update for The Witcher 3, and apparently CD Projekt Red farmed it out to a third party, and they weren't happy with the progress that was being made, so they're actually bringing it back in-house. This got weird headlines in the press, so if you saw a news article about it, they may have said, oh, it's it's being canceled or it's being delayed indefinitely. It's just people misunderstanding what CD Projekt Red was saying, which is, hey, we're pulling it back in-house. We're going to figure out how long it'll take us to get it done, but we're actively working on it. So we will still be getting this update at some point. Um, my hope is that this will include some nice graphical updates on PC, uh, because although the game is beautiful, uh, some of the mods for it, in, in terms of graphical fidelity, The Witcher 3 just looks spectacular uh, modded, so... Fingers mm. crossed. Yeah, the the only thing that bothers me about Witcher 3, it's a 99% perfect game. The only thing that bugs me is I can go in and just completely rob somebody's house blind while they're standing there. Just be like, oh, hi, I'm the Witcher. I'm here to steal all your shit. And just like go through all their drawers and everything, and they don't protest. It's just me. But the game actually expects that you're going to pick up everything. I didn't realize it the first time I played it. I didn't play it in, like, klepto mode. And I had a really hard time. So then the second time around, I went in and I just, like, stole everything and did okay. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I think it, it, it falls into that sort of RPG trope where, you know, you have to steal everything. One of my uh, favorite video game moments was in uh, The Bard's Tale, um, the, the ARPG remake that came out in, you know, mid-2000s uh, with Carrie Ewells as the voice. And there's a whole joke in it where you get paid by a barrel maker to destroy all the barrels in the game because he wants to sell more barrels. And so <laughs> they like, you know, made fun of that whole trope of, uh, of taking people's stuff out of barrels. And, um, there's another whole, whole sequence about, um, stealing stuff out of people's people's drawers. Uh, the narrator yeah. starts giving you crap about it. Like what kind of person does that? Who just rifles through someone else's drawers and takes their stuff? So, yeah, barrels are an essential part of RPGs for sure. <laughs> Remember when uh, they used to they used to rate games on time to crate? It was like yeah, how long yeah. from the start of the game until you encounter your first crate? Yeah, that was uh that was an important metric for shooters. I remember. Was that some? No, it wasn't something. It was awful. Old Man Murray. Old Man Murray. Thank you. Yeah. Which right. I I had heard. Um, I think it's Eric Wolpa like went back and was like, okay, we're we have to like write more games now because I I forget what he was going to work on like more Portal or something. He he. But he just he, wanted I, to finish the story. Yeah, I remember him saying to Valve that he wanted them to work on Portal Three already. Um, I saw I did see an article about that. I didn't include it here, but um, I did see mention of that. Uh, well, let's move on to Crusader Kings 3 is getting some a smaller DLC that's kind of making Spain uh, a little more exciting. So uh, this is certainly in Paradox's model where they do kind of a big DLC that changes a bunch of game mechanics. And then they do these kind of smaller flavor pack DLCs. Um, and I think this one's coming out about six bucks, which I know a lot of people were a little bit frustrated. Uh, there was some price hikes with the uh, last big DLC. So... Um, hopefully this is a little more reasonable price wise. Uh, Quake, the twenty-six uh, year old FPS, is getting new accessibility options and maps. Uh, one of the cool things is is they actually have a um, a setting now to disable or enable all settings, uh, which is actually kind of cool. Um, I've often actually like wanted something like that where I was just like, can I just turn everything off and then like turn it up as I want in different categories. Uh, I used to like do that with when I had older graphics cards. It's not so much of a problem right now, but having that option available would be nice. Yeah, and if you missed it, uh, Bethesda released a new Quake add-on called Honey back in December that uh, was a kind of a slog through a bunch of waterlogged crypts and underground temples, and it is significantly more detailed in terms of quake levels than, than anything we've seen before. Uh, also hard, hard, hard. So, was that the one where the Romero made or no, that was, was no, that was different. Okay. That was a Ukraine, uh, fundraising thing. And it's a doom wad that he, <laughs> okay. yeah, I, which I, which I picked up. So I did pick that up. Um, yeah. Moving on moving on to Xbox and PC news, I'm actually going to talk about one real quick before we get into all the ones that are listed here. Uh, recently, um, CCP Games, who makes EVE Online, 
uh, has Ray or they're in the process of raising the price of their monthly subscription for their the premium tier from fifteen dollars to twenty dollars a month. Uh, for which, Eve, for Eve Online, and that's shocking considering that the industry standard still is fifteen dollars if you're going to have a subscription tier at all for your subscribers. Um, the excuse that has been made is that this year they're actually going back and doing FanFest again. They stopped doing FanFest for several years. Um, I even think they stopped doing it even before the COVID stuff. Uh, but they're going to do FanFest again this year. And apparently at FanFest this year, they're releasing the biggest content update that the game has ever seen. Which is a big... Big statement to make, considering that um, the game literally has had nothing interesting done to it in probably the last five or more years. Um, in my opinion, that's that's my opinion. Now, if the, if they're if they're gonna add the biggest content update ever, my thing is they better finally add that walking in stations update, or else like it's not worth my time. That's what they say. And here's the oh here's my God, the space legs. And here's the thing that kills me is that they did this, they made this announcement, and then they also offered up a 30% off discount for for new subscribers or whatever it is like this month at the, right after they made that announcement. Like how kind of slimy is that? We're going to why, why don't they just put NFTs in the game? Well, that's the other thing. They're probably trying to they were trying to do that and I think they stopped doing that or something like that. Like they they were going to yeah. in the community backlash or something like that, but like right. so they were. So let's piss everybody off about this and then say, oh well, or you could have NFTs and the price stays the same. Yeah, right? it's... and then get everybody to manufacture consent by there's, rage. There's, right, there's a lot of people that are up in arms about this because they they announce essentially a price increase and then they offer a discount like right afterwards to hook people in, and then all of a sudden it's gonna like it's gonna jack up their price by a lot. You know, come the following month. And uh, I still have a year subscription that I'm writing out until October, I believe. So I'm good until October, but I don't ever really play the game anymore because, like, it's just completely turned to not. But anyway, I kind of wanted to cover all that right right away because we have some other MMO news in here. And it's just interesting that in the market of MMOs that cease, like, the one, Eve is such a unique MMO that it has such a unique niche like community that I feel like they're like attacking even further. Like there's been a lot of people that have been out their numbers have been dropping and there's a lot of people that have been outraged over a lot of their practices over the last several years. And I feel like it's just continuing to stranglehold even more of like their core fan base. Um Someone, someone on Reddit said that like you know it was you know twenty dollars is a hard thing to swallow for an MMO, and then like apparently some either moderator or representative from CCP was like, "Stop, you know, eating your um, avocado toast and like drinking your Starbucks, and you'll have enough money or something like that." It was just like something wow. like something obnoxious, some obnoxious comment to it. It was just like, uh, yeah, no, that's I, moderately obnoxious. I'll give them that. So so here's so here's the thing. Instead of paying twenty dollars to CCP, I'm gonna shill for Microsoft for just a second, which I hate doing, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Spend fifteen bucks on Game Pass Ultimate and call yourself a day. Like, I mean, you're gonna get access to so many games on PC and Xbox. Even if you don't have an Xbox, just get the Ultimate Pack anyway, because then you get streaming, 
and all kinds of stuff. Have a good time. Well, and it's, I mean, that's, that's the relative value comparison, right? I, I can give CCP $20 and get one game that admittedly is, is grandiose in scale, but I can get a couple hundred games for that same price. It just doesn't seem, uh, or for less, I should say. So this doesn't seem to make sense. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I, right. I just wish that there was an alternative to EVE Online, and yet there is not, right? So... Uh, I mean, there's 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 a couple of games. No, Elite's actually a worse alternative because there's nothing in Elite. At least the thing the thing with Eve is at least you have something to do. But um, yeah, like if they if they had the economy in a space game kind of thing going on in in anything else, then maybe you know. But I just I don't know of anything that's out there that you know it's not like action game and then. Right, because like Star Citizen kind of thing. That's that's not it. The only other game that I can think of is if you can go find a heavily modded community playing Imperion, then that's it. But like, that's so community driven, it's obnoxious. So yeah, it's and, it's I, and highly I say dependent on the quality right. of the. And that, yeah. that's what I mean by obnoxious. Not that the games are obnoxious, but it's just like. Uh, if I'm going to pay for a game service to play something that had you know to to give me value. I'd rather pay a premium price to play something online on a regular basis where they're maintaining it there, whatever, instead of having to for like a hope out that the community is going to drive it. But anyway, moving right along, um, there is um, some World of Warcraft news. World of, World of Warcraft uh, Wrath of the Lich King Classic is coming later this year, as well as a new expansion called Dragonflight, which will add playable and writable dragons. I don't care. <laughs> but the dragon flight is the dragon flight in the in the main game, and then the other is just Wrath of the Lich King coming to classic, or right. is the dragon flight coming to classic? No, okay. No, dragon dragon flight is the new expansion to the main WoW thing. Right. Wrath of, Wrath of the Lich King Classic is just uh, more of them adding in classic gameplay experience for people who mm -hmm. want to play the classic version of that game. Yeah, I feel like they should have met it in the middle. Right. Where it's not it's not just like, OK, we're going to roll the clock back on classic and, you know, you're going to play it the way it was. I feel like that was like a cry from the population. That's, that's saying, a choice. We wish the that way. the game was actually harder. You know, no, that's that's a choice, by the way. Yeah. Like, you don't have to play classic when you subscribe. No, but, to WoW, but you get access to the classic stuff if you want to go and play it. Right, but I'm saying like there should be like a fusion version that is like the difficulty of classic, but the conveniences of modern. I don't know if right? it's the difficulty of classic that people necessarily want. I think what people really? are want. Right, I think it's the it's the gameplay mechanics specifically, not just the not just like how hard the difficulty is on like maybe. Well, I, well, I equate that with the mechanics. Okay. Um, uh, you know, so it's just like the game. The game was more. I, I would say it, the game was it more didn't interesting hold your back. hand. Right. I think the game yeah. was more interesting back then, but that's just me. Um, well, then it turned like, into a thing of like I install a quest tracker mod and it just puts a big arrow on the map and it's like go here and I don't have to figure out where to go. I don't have to talk to anybody, right? But it, but at that point it was like, it, okay, so back when I was playing EQ one. I didn't have a giant wiki that would tell me absolutely everything about the game. 
So you had to discover things by talking with other players. Right. Yeah, and, and that's something that I miss. Like I'm, I miss that kind of thing where it's right. just, you know, but you're not, you're not seeing big database MMOs anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're not seeing, yeah. at least not, not on the surface, not like that. Uh, it's certainly not like what it used to be or what it was. I mean, it takes a lot of effort to write, you know, hundreds of quests, you know, quest chains and like all those things. And like, yeah, it would be very interesting to see some company come out with an MMO that is intentionally not hosted by them, but it's like, oh, okay, well, here's, here's the MMO that you can buy a server license and stand up your own server or whatever. And then we just track all the different shards that are out there on the shard tracker and you know it is player hosted this is how we do yeah i mean that would be interesting while while that is a nice concept then you get into like you know who's modifying who's hacking who's blah 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 who's yeah it gets well i know that's i mean to me that sounds like what arc is doing and some of the other big survival pvp games where you know you have an official uh server list and then you have unofficial servers but it's all um or largely player hosted so yeah because then it's like we don't we don't care if you want to mod or do whatever the hell you want to do right like play it your way make your community the way you want but you'll always have the baseline like if you want to play the pure then you join an unmodded pure server whatever Mm. right well sure i I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about Star Fox Adventures and Half-Life 2. Mm, um, two, two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> well, so there's been a mod for Half-Life 2 for a while now that replaces Alex Vance with Crystal, uh, the female Star Fox character from um, from the Star Fox games. The voice actress who did the voice of the character in Star Fox Adventures in the GameCube version back in 2002, has recently uh, teamed up with the modder and recorded the voice lines for the Alex replacement mod. So now you can play with an actual, uh, you know, crystal voice actor. Mm. Um, This crystal mod's kind of over the top. I mean, they actually have tail physics uh, implemented for her character. So, uh, as well as full facial animation. So if this is something, you know, you're a big, big crystal fan from or a big Fox, furry. Well, I, I think those two things go together, but, okay. uh, you know, it's, uh, this is the mod for you, I guess. Do a barrel roll. Kind of cool that they brought that the voice actress was willing to come out and, and, you know, do that for free though. Um, Kudos to to her for taking that step. Uh, The relaxing walking game, A Short Hike, now has a multiplayer mode with 99 player support. Wow. So if you've ever wished that you could walk around with your friends, uh, you can get this this game, and it is off of uh, Itch.io. Okay, so we call it Hike Royale. And then there's like everybody has a bomb on their neck and you have to get to the whatever. (laughs) Hike Royale. Nice. 
with cheese. Did either of you play Dwarf Fortress? Uh, I, I wouldn't say played it. Yeah. I would say stared at it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it, for I, those of you who aren't familiar, um, Dwarf Fortress used ASCII text to create its uh, its little worlds and uh, was known for its extensive character backstories. And yeah, I used they, to love reading the after action from people that was an incredible story generator. Although I could never figure out how did these guys actually extract all the story of these events. I could never keep track of what was going on because so much was going on so fast. Like, mm. do you have to go back and carefully review the logs or, or what? Mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for it to come to steam because they're putting mouse controls in. That's always been my beef, right? Is like, you can get away, you can get over the ASCII, by installing a tile set, but then you still have to figure out how to control that beast. And it's rough. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's really the big news here is that, uh, there is a graphical version coming to steam, uh, in the not too distant future. And it's, you know, looking, looking pretty good from some of the screenshots. So, yeah, well, they announced it like five years ago. I've been waiting mm -hmm. and waiting. Yep. Uh, as have a lot of us. Um, this do, do you remember story... this? Do you remember the story about the guy that had like all the cats dying, and then they found out it was actually because the cats would go in the bar and get beer on their paw and lick themselves clean, and get drunk, and they were dying from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> that's a true story from, you know, that's Dwarf Fortress, that crazy BS. Yeah. Or the yeah. the one time when the guy like. They captured some vampires, but he let the vampire live, and then the vampire ended up becoming the king. And there was like a coup attempt to like try to get. And and I'm just like, how much of this is actually like AI, and how much is just random shit? But when you read it, it sounds like something hyper intelligent happened in the game. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. So. A lot of people don't know this, but late, late, late at the end of the Xbox 360 era, Microsoft did a family plan for Xbox Live Gold. So for a hundred bucks, you could get four uh, accounts set up with Xbox Live Gold. And with the, the Xbox One, they changed that and they made it so that you, your home console unlocked uh, Xbox Live for anybody who uses it. And that's carried forward to Game Pass where, uh, you know, I share Game Pass with one of my kids. And as long as they play on my home Xbox, they get access to all of the, the benefits of Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass. The one unfortunate part is on PC you have to sign out of the Xbox app, sign out of the Microsoft store, sign in with my account, download the thing you want, and then, you know, sign back out and sign back in as, as the other uh, account, which is obviously not much fun. And on Xbox, you have to sign in with my account to get anything from Game Pass. Um, so it's, it's not, I mean, it, the sharing is there, but it's not super convenient. Microsoft is apparently working on a new family plan option for Game Pass, though. So 
the rumor is that this is coming very soon, but we don't have any details really beyond, you know, that there would be uh, five accounts on the same plan and one one person would pay for the whole thing. If that's true, that is exactly what I want. Uh, th this would be perfect for me because I have, you know, five of us. I pay for three uh, accounts right now and I could pay for one, even if it's twice as much, I'm still going to save uh, 180 bucks a year. So that'll be great. That's awesome. Yeah. I hope they, I hope they do this. It seems like they're doing more and more consumer friendly stuff for gamers and families and stuff like that. So that'll be nice. Um, well, I don't think, I don't think I'm unique in having no. a family of gamers, right? Like, no, I and you're not. A, yeah. Well, and what's thing. nice is, is now that I have this switch, I've been playing, I've been playing Mario Kart with the wife and, you know, getting into more of the Nintendo world again, and it's to the point where uh, I'm setting some money aside, and we're probably going to get her like a Switch Lite, and um, you know, there the online family plan option for Nintendo is actually really I thought was actually really good. I was like, I'm surprised mm -hmm. that this because I was so, I've been so mad at Nintendo for so long that when I saw that, I was like pleasantly surprised at how good that plan is for family stuff. So. It's very inexpensive, which I give them credit for. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. yes. Now, if only they could start maybe slow rolling out some of their first party, like, uh, new release stuff, that, you know, that'd be nice, but whatever. They have been getting more generous with the DLC, to their credit. Um, the the Animal Crossing, Crossing yep. DLC, the Octo... Um, oh my gosh, the Squid Shooter one. Splatoon. Splatoon, Splatoon yeah. 2 has a battle pass or whatever that's free with, mm -hmm. with the online. So they are, they are doing a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's a nice, nice perk for sure. Hey, so, uh, Melify, you're an achievement guy. You like achievements, don't you? I do. do I, you, I like showing them off. Do you, do you, do you, uh, do you like having your Epic store achievements? You do you enjoy those as well? Or does that, uh, does that matter to you as much? <laughs> I mean, Epic store, like, it's the neighborhood you don't really want to go into in terms of achievements because up until this story, uh, only I could see them. So who cares? Yep. Well, now your Epic Store achievements can be seen by other people. Huzzah. Um, what a, a crazy concept. That's kind of the call, whole point. Call your mom in the room. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. Uh, but there you go. Uh, I'm just going to kind of leave it at that to me. I it just, it's the, it's the store that I don't really deal with as much because I just, I go, I go every, uh, few weeks and grab a couple of free games and then walk away is kind of how I look at it. But I, you know, it's funny. Um, we're going to talk about the, you know, consoles on our next episode and kind of the console space versus PC space. But, uh, having, you know, been lucky enough to get a steam deck fairly early on, uh, I have completely changed my PC buying habits. I used to not care which store a game was on. Um, I, I would buy it wherever I could get it cheap when it was on sale or whatever. I have completely switched that. Valve has been successful with the Steam Deck in changing my habits because now I only want games from the Steam store. Because mm. if I have to get them from Epic, it's like an extra couple steps to get them working on the Steam Deck. If I get them from GOG, it's like extra work to get them on the Steam Deck. Uh, particularly, and, and, you know, stuff like achievements have always been a little dicey across different platforms. But, uh, you know, for me at least, I, I'm, it, it's renewed my sort of uh, 
strong preference for Steam for things. Uh, yeah, because I can install them easier. And I love I love the theme and the mods and stuff like that. People are already doing some really cool stuff for the Steam Deck. The community is just you know going ham. But we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Total War Warhammer 3's first big patch is here, and so are the mods. Speaking of mods, um, the Total War Warhammer games are some pretty cool games, and I love the fact that they kind of build on top of each other. If you have the first two and then this one, they can kind of you you know they all kind of work together. Well, it's nice because there's a lot of DLC for these games, and that all you know essentially carries forward to the next game, which which really adds uh, value to the. If I if I if 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 you were to guess either Pickle or Mellified, how many Steam Workshop mods there are for Warhammer Three? How many mods would you guess there are? Mellified, you probably already know, but I I, I saw the article, yeah, but um, I wouldn't. I mean, but but tell me, suspense. I need to know. There's over 600 I, mods. That quick, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and yet, and yet, they charge for blood. Like if if you want the like blood pack in a Warhammer game, how do you not have blood all over the ground, <laughs> right? But that's like an extra three bucks or something. I guess that's how they get away. Like some countries, yeah, like they couldn't I, sell the. I suspect that's a censorship thing more than yeah. Well, just make it free, man. It's cut content that, yeah, politically whatever make it free. But whatever, okay. It's on Game Pass too. Just saying. Yep, yep, yeah. For PC, absolutely. Um, so this next one is another mod story. Uh, Chrono Cross came out recently. It was re-released, and the new version has had a number of performance issues, uh, stuttering and and frame rate drops in particular. There's a new mod that fixes all of that, which I love the fact that the community will step in and fix these things. I find it abhorrent that the developers don't, particularly because this is not a PC exclusive. This is on consoles, which means the console players are suffering presumably just as bad as the PC players, but they don't have the option of getting a third-party mod to fix the crap, so... Right. Well, I mean, again, this is why I love the community, though, on PC, like, with these games. Like, people love stuff so much that they're willing to try and jump in there. But I, I don't have doubts that, you know, the developer will probably jump in, but... um, Have you played the new Chrono Cross, by the way, or the re-release? I haven't yet, no. Yeah, I'd really like to know how it is or, you know, talk to somebody who's played it and have them tell me. I just I looked at the Steam reviews and people weren't particularly happy about, you know, issues like the uh, a lot of the graphics, the uh, the scaling stuff people weren't too keen on mm. and whatever. It was, the consensus was just get an emulator and play the the PlayStation version. Hmm. So, did either of you guys play House of the Dead? Uh, any of those games back in the day? I've never really been a huge zombie or horror person, but other than like maybe Left 4 Dead, but no, I, I can't say that I did. I, I played I, some Typing of the Dead. Yep, Typing of the Dead was great, but I love light gun games, especially in the arcades, but even uh, the home adaptations, one of my favorite just, you know, genres to just chill out and, and play some, some shoot 'em up. So House of the Dead's always been this just ridiculously over-the-top, terrible acting, terrible voice acting, god-awful, you know, uh, translated script uh, with terrible, terrible English. But it's got this certain just goofy charm to it, as as uh, a lot of schlock stuff does. And so uh, 
House that has always been a favorite, they did a remake of it for Switch that is now coming to PC. Now, my understanding is on the Switch, it's not very good. The the control schemes, uh, you know, trying to replicate a light gun on a Switch are just kind of goofy. Uh, but we do have um, both the Sindin light gun, and then there's also a gun for IR uh, solution that lets you get light gun, actual light guns back on your PC. I have two of the Sindin light guns with the kickback action, and they are super, super fun to to play um, and extremely accurate, surprisingly so. So I'm really looking forward to this because it gives me something to play uh, with my my you know shiny light guns. But nice, you know, I, the, when when you mention light gun stuff, I do enjoy the light gun games. But yeah, you know what's interesting? Speaking of controls that were interesting to play, I um a couple weeks ago, uh, a buddy of mine had a copy of um, the HD Zelda. Um, Oh god, the name all of a sudden slipped my mind. Um Skyward Sword that is on the Switch. And originally when that came out, that was uh you know, we motion control mm. crap whatnot. Um I was actually pleasantly surprised at the remappings for the Switch. Playing it on the Switch was actually quite shocking. So um it's fun to see when developers put in the actual effort to make these games work for more modern senses. <laughs> well, it's interesting that they port Wii things over to a a system that does actually have motion controls. If you pull your uh, you well, pull your Joy-Con off, and well, then they, yes. they get away from it. Yes, but that's the thing, though. People didn't like playing Zelda games with motion control. I think more people liked playing the GameCube version of Twilight Princess than the Wii version of Twilight Princess, for example. Um, people yeah. enjoy, you know, you know, people enjoyed playing Breath of the Wild more on their Switch than they probably did on there. But that was never motion control, period. But you know, it just there, you know, Skyward Sword I think had a rough time because it was only on a motion controlled system, and people just didn't like it as much because of that. Right. Yeah. It was. It was like let's make the games fit the platform mm -hmm. kind of thing, and wasn't the best. Yeah. The the my my least favorite example of of a developer doing that was the steel battalion third game that came out for the connect on xbox 360 and they just wrecked the game i mean it was it was atrocious all right well we we now have a new section in our shows for news which is called steam decks from mellified this is all you <laughs> yeah well i threw this in because we had a few different steam deck stories and i'm not sure uh you know, that will keep it long term. I think this will, and a lot of this kind of merges into the PC, but both with the excitement around Steam Deck and the fact that um, there's a lot of energy in the community right now because people are uh, really exploring what they can do, they can do with the Steam Deck. Uh, there's some fun, some fun news here. Uh, the first is that there is a tool called Lutris which I thought was just a, a Linux Tetris clone. It turns out that is not the case. It is, in fact, a multi-library launcher. So this allows you to get um, several different game libraries via, besides your Steam one onto the Steam Deck. Now, I mentioned a few minutes ago that I've been kind of buying stuff, tending to buy stuff on Steam uh, rather than these third-party stores. And... Uh, that's really just because it's 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 the experience is very good. It is not 
perfect and it's a bunch of extra steps to kind of uh install those games and get the artwork on them and they're in a different part of your steam library when you go in on the steam deck so i still prefer them you know the steam version but it's great that if you have a, a game um on a different platform that you can get at it through your steam deck nonetheless and speaking of other games on the steam deck uh emulation is another big uh area for of of excitement around the steam deck and there is a kind of custom-built launcher uh, that adds all the games into specific platform uh, collections in your Steam library, so you can find them and play them, called Emu Deck, um, and that yeah. one uses uh, Emulation Station under the hood, if you're familiar with that. So really, those two are, are making it easier to do third-party stuff. Um, Steam Valve themselves have over 50% of the top 100 games for Steam uh, working on the Steam Deck now, which is pretty crazy. It and is nuts, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, considering, you know, this is all basically Linux, uh, you know, translation layer stuff, it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, and last but not least, uh, one of the big concerns a lot of people have with the Steam Deck is maximizing battery life. And certainly the system, you know, does not have a, a absolutely massive battery. I tend to just play plugged in at home. You know, if I'm in the family room or something, want to play a PC game, I'll, I'll plug in. But uh, for people who are trying to stay mobile, they've figured out that if you limit the screen to 40 hertz rather than 60, it significantly extends the, uh, the battery life and still very, very playable. So that's kind of a neat little hack. Um, that people have discovered so certainly uh i'm excited for you know other folks to get the steam deck here on other worlds gg and really get you know into it i i don't think people who haven't got it yet should feel bad frankly because all of this early experimentation is going to just get better and better and better to the point where in in a few months um, all of the, the, the rough edges will be smoothed off. It'll be a much better experience. So don't feel too bad about, about waiting. It's a lot of uh, fiddly bits at the moment. Well, moving on to some retro news, here are a couple of stories that I find freaking fascinating. Um, this first one sh shocked me when I, when I saw it. There is a fan-made mod for Metroid Prime I don't even understand. I mean, these people, <laughs> these people do they're, some they're amazing pretty stuff. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. So it uses a custom version of the Dolphin emulator to introduce the upgraded features um, to to be able to play this. You know, they say, of course, you need you you need to own a copy of Metroid Prime on the GameCube or Metroid Prime Trilogy on the Wii. Um, but my goodness, it like the visual uh, overhaul and the upgrades to this whole thing are pretty pretty fascinating. Um, or four K, I mean, yeah. right there, you know, new textures, better lighting, particle effects. Um, they they restored the Wii version, cut some of the GameCube content. That's back. Um, you get you can do keyboard and mouse controls or game you know normal gamepad controls for it. You get a, a field of view slider, UI customization. I mean, it's just uh, wow. These this is this is so cool. 
um, to do this to a, a, a you know a great classic game. So, so I'm definitely going to check it out because that's awesome. Um, for, for sure. What was the other one here that we got? Uh, Doom. Our our good old friend Doom. Recently, somebody took the engine oh, I know and uh, added ray tracing of all things, and you know it's it's part of the PR Boom source port, which is an open source uh, engine for running Doom wads, Doom levels. Wow, and that kind of makes some of the Doom stuff look terrifying. Ooh. It is it is amazing what a difference it makes. I I am. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised and a little, and you know, like like uh, Table for Two, kind of shocked because it just it looks creepier, it looks darker and meaner and and scarier, and like the the glow, the the shadows from the monsters, um, the fireballs are light sources, so they cast shadows and things. It just really, really looks cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely. Definitely worth worth checking out. I mean, you can't beat the price being free, so uh, it's pretty slick. All right, moving right along. What else we got here? Uh, well, it's deceptively small in our show notes, but uh, Meta, a formerly Facebook, formerly Oculus, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> did their big annual uh, Meta Quest gaming showcase recently. And so we had a ton of VR games announced. Uh, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners Chapter 2. We're getting an NFL pro game where you play a first person as the quarterback. Among Us VR is coming, although we we knew that already. Um, One of the better story narrative exploration games uh, out today is Red Matter for VR. And we got news of a Red Matter 2. Uh, Espire was one of the early stealth action games in VR. Espire 2 is coming. Moss Book 2 is uh, coming to Quest. That was previously on PlayStation VR. Uh, Ruins Magus is a new game. Um, It was originally a Kickstarter, but it's a JRPG-style VR game. Um, City Skylines is one of the better, like, SimCity, you know, successors. Uh, That is coming to... VR in the form of a new game called Cities VR. Resident Evil 4 VR is getting a um, update with the Mercenaries mode, and uh, they're adding some new challenges that have rewards like Big Head mode uh, as an as an as a little uh, fun perk. Um, Beat Saber is getting a electronic mixtape uh, available soon. We have Bone Lab, which is a follow-up to Boneworks, which was one of the more interesting physics games in VR. Uh, And finally, last but not least, we're getting a Ghostbusters VR game. So this one uh, looks pretty interesting because it has both single-player and co-op. And, I mean, I don't know. I I grew up with Ghostbusters, so like the idea of actually being able to play... Uh, as a Ghostbuster in first-person VR sounds super, super fun. So I'm yeah, looking forward to this play. one. Yeah, I mean, as a co-op game, that just seems perfect to me. So Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so yeah, just a ton of, of game announcements in the VR space uh, 
lately. So another interesting thing too is um, we got an article here talking about SideQuest, and I've been using SideQuest. I have SideQuest for my quest, which is it's a it's its own VR content platform. It's a, it's a for standalone headsets like the Quest and Quest Two, where they have their own store of things, tech demos, experimental games. Sometimes they have game ports to full-scale games. Mm-hmm. Um, Half-Life, uh, Quake, Doom, I think, are all available through SideQuest. Um, yeah, but the cool thing, too, here, though, is they've actually got a really good working relationship with Meta. Um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg said last year that he openly expressed his intention to continue supporting sideloading and linking Quest to PC to allow more flexibility for consumers and developers. Which just makes sense, which is why, which is why Quest 2, my Quest 2 still remains to be like, if you're going to get into VR, it's probably one of the best ways to do it because it's the best of like both worlds. You can use it on your PC, you can take it with you and play standalone independent stuff. It's, um, you can play it wirelessly with your PC too, which is pretty nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, Meta, Meta did do App Lab, which is their kind of unofficial store. Um, they they won't do any advertising of anything on App Lab. You kind of have to do that yourself, but you can charge money. You can do DLC uh, as a developer. And SideQuest supports all of that, but it also gets the the stuff that you can't do legally in a store like uh, Doom and Quake and those things where you have to have the game, you have to pull the, the level data, the graphics, all that stuff into a different engine and then load it all onto your Quest. So it's really neat yeah. that we have that. Uh, I'd, have, I'd have had no idea that App Lab even existed had you not told me. They don't exactly advertise it. They mm. do not, no. It's it's really because uh, Oculus got sort of a bad reputation with developers for rejecting games that were you know, seemingly done and, and ready to go um, and refusing to list them in the store. This was kind of the compromise uh, was App Lab. So... Well, um, in PlayStation news, a bit of good news and bad news, I guess, here. We'll, uh, we'll start with the bad. Um, PS5 TV picture settings are broken by a new firmware feature. Um, so that doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, well, Sony, there, there's a feature called auto low latency mode on modern TVs that basically puts your TV into game mode automatically when it detects a console. Seems like a good thing. Um, unfortunately, something about the way the P- the PS5 firmware update now tries to trigger that auto low latency mode was causing problems on certain TVs and basically um, locking you out of the settings for your TV, which is kind of crazy. Well, in other news, though, if you love the DualSense PS5 controller and you like playing with it on your PC... You can now officially update the firmware uh, to the PS5 controller through Windows updates on your PC. So they've they've you know so that's actually really good. I, I like that because I love using my Xbox controller on my PC. But if people love their PlayStation controller and want to use it on games on the PC, now they can officially update it without having to update it through the console. So. And there have been several, like, I think four or five uh, controller firmware updates since the PlayStation 5 launched less than a year ago. So it is kind of a big deal. And a lot of those firmware updates were adjusting the haptic feedback, which is the the big reason to use the, the PlayStation 5 controller. So 
that is definitely maybe a bigger deal than it seems like. Um, I know Call of Duty, I think it was, allows you to play with the haptic triggers uh, in the game, even on PC. Like, that was a feature of the PS5 version, but if you have the the dual sense controller uh you can do that on pc as well which is kind of cool do you still have to run like some hack thing to get the playstation 5 controller to even show up or did they finally put real drivers for windows you know i don't know i know ps4 you still have to do hacky stuff but i'm not sure if maybe the game if the game has support for it natively it just works but well um, i think steam has profiles for it Okay, that's true. Yep. You know, like you can yeah. use. You but, know, it, so. but does it actually show up as a direct input device or no? Because no. then otherwise you have to run something to make it do that. And then you can true. do what you want. Right. Just seems goofy. Like, why, why doesn't Sony just put out a PC driver for the damn controller? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. One of those things. Well, moving on to our tech news. Um, yeah, there's a wow. So we got a, we got a few. <laughs> Sorry, there's a few things here. There's this there's this new like handheld console coming out. Well, I guess that it's out now. Yeah, it's I've out not, now. I've not been interested in this. Like, I took one look at this and went like, I why would I bother? Like, I'm not remotely interested in this thing at all. Uh, but there's this new thing called Playdate. It's like a Game Boy with a crank on the side of it, and. Uh, it's, okay, talk talk about this, Malify, because I uh, this thing looks it, sorry, it looks dumb, but whatever. Well, uh, I I think the interesting part about it is the approach to the games that they're gonna sell for this. I I mean, it's very very simple, right? You have you have a D pad, you have an A and a B, and you have a crank and like a start button. Um, there's there's nothing else on the system. It's very very scaled back it is grayscale black and white you know essentially and so what they're doing around the games though is when you activate your system it unlocks a certain number of games and then it unlocks a new game every two weeks for a year and that's part of the purchase but like if you bought one six months from now the timer on the that year of new games doesn't start until you activate your system. It's not like you're just going to get a year's worth of games if you buy it a year from now. And what they're promising is they'll have uh, yearly passes where you'll be able to buy, you know, the year two pass and get another 20, 20 odd game. So it's interesting, you know, it's a different, very different business model. The intent is that these are, you know, just fun little games that you can sit down and try out and, and have some entertainment with, but it's not going to be, you know, an epic 80 hour RPG. You're not going to see Skyrim on this thing. Um, it, it's just, it's a different, you know, it's almost like the game and watch in, in some sense, right? It was like one game. It was very simple, but it was still fun to sit there and play uh, some of those, you know, games on a on a little handheld, and I think that's kind of the feel that they were going for. Hmm. Well, another um, news. I, oh, I have ahead. one of these pre-ordered. Um, mine. I'm in the second wave, which is oh. going to be in the summer. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see, you know, it firsthand for myself. I love, you know, just weird 
goofy consoles like this. Um, the guys who made this Panic are actually very well known in the Mac uh, community. They they do a lot of development tools for Mac, strangely enough. Um, they have like an FTP client for Mac. <laughs> um, you know, so so it's an odd it's an odd choice that they're the ones who are uh, you know building this little console. But I think you know their relationship with the development community means that I think we'll see some really interesting, innovative games. Uh, certainly one of the ones that I loved was, uh, doom was ported to this cause you have to port doom to everything, of course. And in order to use the chain gun, you had to use the crank on the side to, to fire the chain gun, for example. So some, some perhaps silly, but kind of fun. It's like, it's like a handheld that was made for Sega bass fishing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it'd be a great fishing, fishing controller for sure. So we'll see. We'll see how good the games are. I think that's going to be the measure of it for sure. Um, in other news, six core CPUs are now the more popular uh, CPU than quad core chips, uh, according to Steam. Uh, Steam's like um, hardware survey. hardware surveys and stuff like that. So that's pretty slick. Nice to see that out there. Um, and did you know that the U.S. Navy successfully tested giant lasers against drones? Excellent. Pew, pew. Yeah, so, I mean, they've, um, apparently, um, the way that these work is they can use them to, according to this, dazzle, distract, disable, or destroy sensors, or straight up just burn targets until they explode. Yeah, that's not scary at all. Um, <laughs> so... Well, I I, I mean, this this was like sci-fi stuff to me, you know, that, that we're actually getting uh, lasers that, that are being used as weapons. Um, the Russians have long been rumored that there was a Soviet weapon system uh, that actually was designed to burn out the eyes of pilots, where it would shoot a high-intensity laser at uh, incoming jet fighters. Um, so there are, you know, there is some precedence here, but to, to you know, it's interesting to use it against a uh, a drone yeah i saw wired or somebody had a uh, article about a basically a lightning bolt sniper rifle but they called it a sniper rifle but the range was only like 150 yards and i'm like yeah that's a not really sniper no operating distance but okay sure hmm. um but it was interesting. It would not only hit the target, but people standing around them because it would like arc. Oh, which is, which is well, very D and D. Yeah, yeah, chain lightning spell for the win. Um, we also are getting a pizza robot. Uh, MIT folks at MIT are actually building a robot whose. Uh, goal is to roll out and create delicious pizza. So this is, you know, seems kind of a silly application, but it's actually a, a fairly complex and difficult problem to solve. And so that is helping them push the state of the art for AI um, by by trying to figure out how to solve all these different problems. And so. everybody that works in a pizza shop got, just got nervous. <laughs> I think it'll be a few years before they have to worry. Um, or a pizza robot gets stuck under the couch like my Roomba does. <laughs> yeah, it gets gets stuck in the pizza oven and melts. Uh, yeah, okay, can we, can we talk about how dumbass robots are? So it's a vacuum cleaner. It runs around the house, right? Yep. And yep. gets stuck on everything. 
Yes. And you spend more time dealing with that. And then, of course, I have pets and my wife's yep. got long hair. So you end up with like the hair and the thing. So you end up like the robot runs and then you end up having to do like a teardown of yes. the thing. And there's so much maintenance that goes on with it. Yep. Plus the, you know, help st stepbrother I'm stuck that you have to <laughs> go like find it. You know, it's like, where'd you go? Oh, man, you're up under the couch again. And for like a hundred bucks, you can get a stick vac that recharges. You just grab it and you run around and it takes like five minutes and you've swept the whole house. So yep. I, I, I still, I own the thing, but I don't understand why I own the thing. Like, I don't know if I had to buy it again, would I even bother? I had a very similar experience. I bought, I think, three successive generations of the Roomba um, and like hoping that it would actually do what it was supposed to do. And and I spent more time cleaning, you know, hair out of the rollers than I actually mm -hmm. did vacuuming. It was infuriating. So I just gave up. Yeah, I um, bought the Neato one, actually, mm. which is way better than the Roomba that I had. But still, oh, interesting. still yeah. all those problems. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, well, moving on to our business and legal section. Um, I This story just, you know, underlines, double double underlines with a couple exclamation points, the fact that scalpers are dicks and scalpers will scalp anything. Uh, the collector's edition of the Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga game has in it a Luke young Luke from Dantooine drinking blue milk. And people are scalping this for as much as $200 for one Lego figure. It, I, I just, I mean... The problem is not the people scalping, but the people that actually buy it. Fair, fair. Because if nobody would give in, then it wouldn't be a market. You're you're correct. That's true. It's still frustrating, right? Like, mm -hmm. if somebody really wanted this, if if this was like their favorite character and they missed out on a pre-order, it doesn't seem like it should cost them, you know, more than the game to go get. And it, and it's just a little mini fig, and he's got like yeah. a blue bottle in his hand, right? Yep. And like a mm -hmm. blue, he's got like a blue milk mustache on the on the the Lego head. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel well, like the people. To the people to whom that would be important would be the people that would spend hundreds of dollars on it because they sure. have no choice, right? It's like, I must for whatever reason. <laughs> right, right. No, you're what right. I, what that. I hate is the people that get the toys that a kid would want, right? Mm. And then scalp that out for exorbitant amounts, right? It was like, yeah. That's yeah, that's the real assholery is when kids can't get things because mm -hmm. adults are hoarding it. Yeah, Skylanders was a great example of that when it was popular. Um, the collectors would snap up all of the the chase variants and things, and you know nobody else could get them. Yeah, I'm still diamond hands on my beanie babies. Yeah, <laughs> holding. Well, let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. On uh, welcome to the other worlds, GG community cast about investing uh thank you for joining us now uh gog our good friends at gog used to be called good old games and they dropped that when they started selling uh brand new games because they didn't want to confuse people i suppose 
Uh, but, you know, with, with the launch of the Epic Store, I think GOG's been squarely in third place for a while now. And uh, they are going back to their roots. They're going to start, you know, focusing more on bringing old games to the platform. Games that we haven't been able to get for a long time. They've been very successful at that. Uh, we, we got a lot of the Star Wars games brought out of retirement uh, not too long ago through GOG. So uh, I'm certainly hopeful that we will see a lot more classic games uh, from GOG in the future. Well, I think the, I think the more recent thing was actually the Star Trek games that came out. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, Star Trek. I, that's what I meant. Because the Star uh, Wars stuff we've had for a while, but the Star Trek games were the, yes. like... You know, the things I think people were waiting for. It was that uh, Armada 1 and 2 that was just, like, took forever to come out. Mm-hmm. I would fully support LEGO Star Trek if they would do such a thing, but they haven't and won't. LEGO's just had no relationship with Trek at all, right? It was... That stuff fell under Mega Blocks or some BS. Mega Blocks and Playmobil, I think, did stuff with uh, yeah. Star Trek back in the day. Um, yep. So a little bit of China news. Uh, China has issued its first video game approvals in almost a year. Uh, for those who don't know, the, the government in China has a very strict uh, policy of approvals for any popular content, shows, movies, and so forth. And video games fall under that. They hadn't previously gone this long without approving anything, but it's been July of 2021 since we saw any new approvals. So uh, I don't know if that indicates maybe China softening on video games a little bit, because they've certainly had uh, a fairly large crackdown recently, but um, that's where we're at. Now, interestingly, kind of hand in hand with that, China has announced that they are not allowing live streaming of games that are not approved in the country. Which I guess kind of makes sense. If the game's not approved, you shouldn't be playing it in their mind. But uh, apparently, you know, you could live stream those games just fine, and China doesn't want you doing that anymore. I don't know hmm. where Chinese folks live stream. I know Twitch is not in China, so uh, there must be a Chinese equivalent, but... Um, and maybe that's how the, the Chinese government's able to enforce this. All Crazy. right. Our, our perennial favorite, uh, funny and strange section. Where do we start here? Table. <laughs> we got some, we got some good ones this time around. Uh, I think the breath of the wild one's actually kind of funny. Um, so there's, a there's this guy that spent about 10 hours in Breath of the Wild, specifically reuniting four beetles, which are the, uh, I guess they're kind of like the traveling salesman guy um, with the giant backpack or whatever it is, or whoever. Well, one of the weird things about Breath of the Wild is it's one character. There is only one beetle. But in the game, when you see him in different parts of the world, it's actually a different instance of the same character. Mm -hmm. So what this guy was able to do is basically smack the beetle repeatedly to push them into a particular spot and then go find the next one and push them all the way back repeatedly. And that's why it took 10 hours. But he did manage to reunite the four beetles, which obviously is 
amusing since it sounds like beetles. Yeah, because like he's name. got a he's got like a giant beetle thing on his back or whatever it is. So, mm-hmm. that's you know people people do things. I guess they're just waiting on the you know the sequel to come out, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then there's also another uh, there's another Zelda thing here. A novelization for Zelda: a Link to the Past had a very different name for Link. Um. Which yeah, uh, t- uh, table uh, the I don't I mean I don't even know where how to say this. Link's name in the book was Paul. Very underwhelming. I'm um, you know yeah yeah. But one of the Beatles. Uh, also <laughs> true. Um, <laughs> interestingly, you can find the novelization on archive.org. Uh, if that if you're interested in seeing the adventures of Paul. Uh, in in uh, Zelda Land, so there you go. So is that real Paul or fake Paul? Because Paul died and was replaced, right? That's how the conspiracy theory is. Yeah, well. for the Beatles. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Google that. it. Google um, it. Fake, fake Paul. And in, in other news, the French president uh, is going for re-election. He's got a re-election campaign. That has its own Minecraft server. So, uh, congratulations. Uh, I guess that's one way to get the youth of tomorrow. Um, There is this uh, uh, Japanese company calls its gaming bed set up the Forbidden Layout. Um, I don't... (laughs) This is is, uh, such a... It's just a bed. (laughs) Like, well, it is a robot bed. To to be fair, it is an electric bed, so you can raise your legs, you can raise your back. Um, is this it, is this know, is this frame. is this like one of those bed commercials, but for like the gamers, like now? Yes. You know, like yes. back in the day, you'd see those infomercials for like those beds that like mm-hmm. raise your legs up and it can go into like five different positions and get. It's this. Yep. They're 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 doing these things for the young gamer now, and I don't know whether to be sad. <laughs> or impressed because it's like as a young gamer I don't I wouldn't think you would need a bed like this you know but whatever well one uh, of their their examples was saying that uh in a lot of you know urban areas people are in small apartments and so having a multi-use space uh is a very good thing um so sure okay i mean if they can sell them more power to them i guess um and then we've got we've got a couple other ones here. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is doing a crossover with the Ubisoft game Child of Light. Uh, okay, you know, just kind of two two things I didn't know I needed to go together. Um, Mass Effect is has got a GBA D make. Uh, doing D makes is kind of the you know, popular thing these days. It seems like we've been, we've been getting a handful of them. And, uh, basically this is if you took the old classic GBA game, advanced wars and mashed it up with uh, mass effect. So they've done, you know, some very, very, uh, cute pixel art of the different characters from mass effect and put them in a turn-based, uh, combat game. A la, Advance Wars. Hmm. Well, um, last but not least, we have Cyberpunk 2077 running in a whopping 72p. 
That's right. It, you can. Are you going to be able to do this with your new rig, uh, Alien Pickle? Do you think you can run at one twenty-eight by seventy-two? Run what? I missed what game you're talking. Cy- about. Cyberpunk twenty seventy-seven. You think you can run that at one twenty-eight by seventy-two? Uh, why would I? <laughs> well, uh, some streamer did it and uh. cranked up the uh, the rendering settings turned on rtx and then went into the ini file and was able to uh set it to 720p with 10 percent rendering so it would actually render at uh 128 by 72 that's pretty cool if you have like a you know those overhead projectors they used to have in school (laughs) yeah you get the you get the lens off of one of those right and then you could actually see the screen it, it's a it giant is, magnifying glass. Yeah, it is surprising. Like, you can still sort of tell what's going on, but there's just so little detail. It looks like uh, an impressionist painting almost. It's it's bizarre. Yeah, it's uh, it's like let's play cyberpunk on my Atari twenty six hundred. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's like that level. It's um, like see that blue square? Yeah, that's the, that's the guy. <laughs> mm. So, uh, yeah, it was just interesting. Mm. Obviously, no, no practical use case particularly, but gosh, it sure looks, uh, looks funny. So, Well, there you go, guys. That'll about do it for this episode. Head on over to our Discord server at discord.otherworlds.gg for all this and more. Come and hang out with us. We try to do Thursday night community nights. We, we played a little bit of Breakpoint this last time. Had some good fun there. And, uh, yeah, we will see you guys in the next episode. This has been episode number 58. Yeehaw.